Section twenty one of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Section twenty one. Of the street sellers of game, poultry, live and dead, rabbits, butter, cheese, and eggs. The class who sell game and poultry in the public thoroughfares of the metropolis are styled hawkers, both in Leadenhall and Newgate Market. The number of these dealers in London is computed at between two hundred and three hundred. Of course, legally to sell game, a license, which costs two pounds two shillings yearly, is required, but the street seller laughs at the notion of being subjected to a direct tax which indeed it might be impossible to levy on so slippery a class the sale of game even with a license was not legalized until eighteen thirty one and prior to that year the mere killing of game by an unqualified person was an offence entailing heavy penalties the qualification consisted of the possession of a freehold estate of a hundred pounds a year or a leasehold for ninety-nine years of a hundred and fifty pounds a year by an act passed in the twenty-fifth year of george the third it was provided that a certificate costing three pounds thirteen shillings and sixpence must be taken out by all qualified persons killing game since eighteen thirty one note one and two william the fourth chapter thirty two end note a certificate without any qualification is all that is required from the game killer both sexes carry on the trade in game hawking but there are more than thrice as many men as women engaged in the business the weight occasionally carried being beyond a woman's strength the most customary dress of the game or poultry hawker is a clean smock frock covering the whole of his other attire except the ends of his trousers and his thick boots or shoes indeed he often but less frequently than was the case five years ago assumes the dress of a country labourer although he may have been for years a resident in london about forty years ago i am informed it was the custom for countrymen residing at no great distance to purchase a stock of chickens or ducks and taking their places in a wagon to bring their birds to london and hawk them from door to door some of these men's smock-frocks were a convenient garb, for they covered the ample pockets of the coat beneath, in which were often a store of partridges or an occasional pheasant or hare. This game, illegally killed, for it was all poached, was illegally sold by the hawker and illegally bought by the hotel-keepers and the richer tradesmen. One informant, an old man, was of the opinion that the game was rarely offered for sale by these countrymen at the west end mansions of the aristocracy in fact he said i knew one country fellow though he was sharp enough in his trade of game and poultry selling who seemed to think that every fine house without a shop and where there were livery servants must need be inhabited by a magistrate but as the great props of poaching were the rich for of course the poor couldn't buy game there was no doubt a west end as well as a city trade in it i have bought game of a country poultry hawker continued my informant when i lived in the city at the beginning of this century and generally gave three shillings and sixpence a brace for partridges i have bid it and the man has left refusing to take it and has told me afterwards and i dare say he spoke the truth 
that he had sold his partridges at five shillings or six shillings or more i believe five shillings a brace was no uncommon price in the city i have given as much as ten shillings for a pheasant for a christmas supper the hawker before offering the birds for sale used to peer about him though we were alone in my counting-house and then pull his partridges out of his pockets and say sir do you want any very young chickens for so he called them hares he called lions and they cost often enough five shillings each of the hawker the trade had all the charms and recommendations of a mystery and a risk about it just like smuggling the sale of game in london however was not confined to the street hawkers who generally derived their stock in trade immediately from the poacher before the legalization of the sale the trade was carried on under the rose by the salesman in leadenhall market and that to an extent of not less than a fifteenth of the sale now accomplished there the purveyors for the london game market i learned from leading salesmen in leadenhall were not then as now noble lords and honourable gentlemen but peasant or farmer poachers who carried on the business systematically the guards and coachmen of the stage-coaches were the media of communication and had charge of the supply to the london market the purchasers of the game thus supplied to a market which is mostly the property of the municipality of the city of london were not only hotel-keepers who required it for public dinners presided over by princes peers and legislators but the purveyors for the civic banquets such as the lord mayor's ninth of november dinner at which the ministers of state always attended this street hawking of poached game as far as i could ascertain from the best informed quarters hardly survived the first year of the legalized sale the female hawkers of game are almost all the wives of the men so engaged or are women living with them as their wives the trade is better as regards profit than the costermonger's ordinary pursuits but only when the season is favourable it is however more uncertain there is very rarely a distinction between the hawkers of game and of poultry a man will carry both or have game one day and poultry the next as suits his means or as the market avails the street sellers of cheese are generally costers while the vendors of butter and eggs are almost extinct game i may mention consists of grouse including black cocks and all the varieties of heath or moor game partridges pheasants bustards and hares snipe woodcocks plovers teal widgeons wild ducks and rabbits are not game but can only be taken or killed by certificated persons who are owners or occupiers of the property on which they are found or who have the necessary permission from such persons as are duly authorized to accord it poultry consists of chickens geese ducks and turkeys while some persons class pigeons as poultry birds are dietetically divided into three classes one the white-fleshed as the common fowl and the turkey two the dark-fleshed game as the grouse and the black cock and three the aquatic including swimmers and waders as the goose and the duck the flesh of the latter is penetrated with fat and difficult of digestion of the quantity of game rabbits and poultry sold in the streets 
It appears from inquiries that I instituted, and from authentic returns which I procured on the subject, that the following is the quantity of game and poultry sold yearly as an average in the markets of the metropolis. I give it exclusive of such birds as wild ducks, woodcocks, and so on, the supply of which depends upon the severity of the winter. I include all wild birds or animals, whether considered game or not, and I use round numbers, but as closely as possible. During the past Christmas, however, I may observe that the supply of poultry to the markets has been greater than on any previous occasion. The immensity of the supply was favourable to the hawker's profit, as the glut enabled him to purchase both cheaply and largely. One young poultry hawker told me that he had cleared three pounds in the Christmas week, and had spent it all in four days, except five shillings reserved for stock money. It was not spent entirely in drunkenness, a large portion of it being expended in treats and amusements. So great, indeed, has been the supply of game and poultry this year, that a stranger, unused to the grand scale on which provisions are displayed in the great metropolitan marts, on visiting Leadenhall a week before or after Christmas, might have imagined that the staple food of the London population consisted of turkeys, geese, and chickens. I give, however, an average yearly supply. Reader's Note The following table falls under five headings. Description Leadenhall Newgate, total, and proportion sold in the streets. End reader's note. Description, game, and so on. Grouse, Leadenhall, 45,000, Newgate, 12,000. Total, 57,000. One-eleventh, sold in the streets. Partridges, Leadenhall, 85,000, Newgate, 60,000. Total, 145,000. One-seventh, sold in the streets. Pheasants, Leadenhall, 44,000, Newgate, 20,000, total 64,000, one-fifth sold in the streets. Snipes, Leadenhall, 60,000, Newgate, 47,000, total 107,000, one-twentieth sold in the streets. Wild birds, Leadenhall, 40,000, Newgate, 20,000, total 60,000, none sold in the streets. Plovers, Leadenhall, 28,000, Newgate, 18,000, total 46,000, none sold in the streets. Larks, Leadenhall, 213,000, Newgate, 100,000, total 313,000, none sold in the streets. Teals, Leadenhall, 10,000, Newgate, 5,000, total 15,000, none sold in the streets. Widgeons, Leadenhall, 30,000, Newgate, 8,000, total 38,000, none sold in the streets. Hares, Leadenhall, 48,000, Newgate, 55,000, total 102,000, one-fifth sold in the streets. Rabbits, Leadenhall, 680,000, Newgate, 180,000, total 860,000, three-fourths sold in the streets. Totals. Leadenhall, 1,283,000, Newgate total, 525,000, overall total, 1,807,000. Poultry, domestic fowls, Leadenhall, 
one million two hundred and sixty six thousand newgate four hundred and ninety thousand total one million seven hundred and fifty six thousand one third sold in the streets domestic fowls alive leadenhall forty five thousand newgate fifteen thousand total sixty thousand one tenth sold in the streets geese leadenhall eight hundred and eighty eight thousand newgate one hundred and fourteen thousand total one million and two thousand one fifth sold in the streets ducks leadenhall two hundred and thirty five thousand newgate one hundred and forty eight thousand total three hundred and eighty three thousand one fourth sold in the streets ducks alive leadenhall twenty thousand newgate twenty thousand total forty thousand one tenth sold in the streets turkeys leadenhall sixty nine thousand newgate fifty five thousand total one hundred and twenty four thousand one fourth sold in the streets pigeons leadenhall two hundred and eighty five thousand newgate ninety eight thousand total three hundred and eighty three thousand none sold in the streets poultry totals leadenhall two million eight hundred and eight thousand newgate nine hundred and forty thousand total three million seven hundred and forty eight thousand game and so on leadenhall one million two hundred and eighty three thousand newgate five hundred and twenty four thousand overall total one million eight hundred and seven thousand final overall total for leadenhall four million and ninety one thousand and for newgate one million four hundred and sixty five thousand and the complete overall total five million five hundred and fifty five thousand in the above return wild ducks and woodcocks are not included because the quantity sent to london is dependent entirely upon the severity of the winter with the costers wild ducks are a favourite article of trade and in what those street tradesmen would pronounce a favourable season for wild ducks which means a very hard winter the number sold in london will i am told equal that of pheasants sixty four thousand the great stock of wild ducks for the london tables is from holland where the duck decoys are objects of great care less than a fifth of the importation from holland is from lincolnshire these birds and even the finest and largest have been sold during a glut at one shilling each woodcocks under similar circumstances number with plovers forty five thousand nearly all of which are golden plovers but of woodcocks the costermongers buy very few they're only a mouthful and a half said one of them and don't suit our customers in severe weather a few ptarmigan are sent to london from scotland and in eighteen forty one to two great numbers were sent to the london markets from norway one salesman received nearly ten thousand ptarmigan in one day a portion of these were disposed of to the costers but the sale was not such as to encourage further importations the returns i give show that at the two great game and poultry markets five million five hundred thousand birds and animals wild and tame are yearly sent to london to this must be added all that may be consigned direct to metropolitan game dealers and poulterers besides what may be sent as presents from the country and so on so that the london supply may be safely estimated i am assured at six million it is difficult to arrive at any very precise computation of the quantity of game and poultry sold by the costers 
or rather at the money value or price of what they sell the most experienced salesmen agree that as to quantity including everything popularly considered game and i have so given it in the return they sell one-third as regards value however their purchases fall very short of a third of the best qualities of game and even more especially of poultry a third of the hawkers may buy a fifteenth compared with their purchases in the lower priced kinds the others buy none of the best qualities the more aristocratic of the poultry hawkers will only buy when they have an order or a sure sale the best quality of english turkey cocks which cannot be wondered at seeing that the average price of the english turkey cock is twelve shillings one salesman this year sold at leadenhall several turkey cocks at thirty shillings each and one at three pounds the average price of an english turkey hen is four shillings and sixpence and of these the costers buy a few but their chief trade is in foreign turkey hens of which the average price when of good quality and in good condition is three shillings the foreign turkey cocks average half the price of the english or six shillings of dorking fat chickens which average six shillings the couple the hawkers buy none save as in the case of the turkey cocks but of the irish fowls which this season have averaged two shillings and sixpence the couple they buy largely on the other hand they buy nearly all the rabbits sent from scotland and half of those sent from ostend while they clear the market no matter of what the glut may consist when there is a glut there is another distinction of which the hawker avails himself the average price of young plump partridges is two shillings and sixpence the brace of old partridges two shillings accordingly the coster buys the old it is the same with pheasants the young averaging seven shillings the brace the old six shillings and i can sell them best said one man for my customers say they're more tastier like i've sold game for twelve years or more but i never tasted any of any kind so i can't say who's right and who's wrong the hawkers buy also game and poultry which will not keep another day sometimes they puff out the breast of a chicken with fresh pork fat which melts as the bird roasts it freshens the fowl i've been told and improves it said one man and the shopkeepers now and then does the same it's an improvement sir in the present season the costers have bought of wild ducks comparatively none and of teal widgeons wild birds and larks none at all or so sparely as to require no notice of the street purchasers of game and poultry as the purchasers of game and poultry are of a different class to the costermongers ordinary customers i may devote a few words to them from all the information that i could acquire they appear to consist principally of those who reside at a distance from any cheap market and buy a cheap luxury when it is brought to their doors as well as of those who are always on the lookout for something toothy such as the shabby genteels as they're called who never gives nothing but a scaly price they've bargained with me till i was hard held from pitching into them and over and over again i should only it would have been fourteen days anyhow they'll tell me my bird stinks when they're as sweet as flowers 
they'd go to the devil to save three farthings on a partridge other buyers are old gourmands living perhaps on small incomes or if possessed of ample incomes but confining themselves to a small expenditure others again are men who like a cheap dinner and seldom enjoy it at their own cost unless it be cheap and who best of all like such a thing as a moorbird note grouse end note said one hawker which can be eat up to a man's own cheek this was also the opinion of a poulterer and game dealer who sometimes sold goods to the hawkers of this class of patrons many shopkeepers in all branches of business have a perfect horror as they will care nothing for having occupied the tradesman's time to no purpose the game and poultry street sellers i am told soon find out when a customer is bent upon a bargain and shape their prices accordingly although these street sellers may generally take as their motto the announcement so often seen in the shops of competitive tradesmen no reasonable offer refused they are sometimes so worried in bargaining that they do refuse in a conversation i had with a retired game salesman he said it might be curious to trace the history of a brace of birds of grouse for instance sold in the streets and he did it after this manner they were shot in the highlands of scotland by a member of parliament who had gladly left the senate for the moors they were transferred to a tradesman who lived in or near some scotch town having railway communication and with whom the honourable gentleman or the noble lord had perhaps endeavoured to drive a hard bargain he the senator must have a good price for his birds as he had given a large sum for the moor and the season was a bad one the birds were scarce and wild they would soon be packed note be in flocks of twenty or thirty instead of in broods end note and then there would be no touching a feather of them the canny scot would quietly say that it was early in the season and the birds never packed so early that as to price he could only give what he could get from a london salesman and he was nay just free to enter into any agreement for a fixed price at all the honourable gentleman after much demurring gives way feeling perhaps that he cannot well do anything else in due course the grouse are received in leadenhall and unpacked and flung about with as little ceremony as if they had been slaughtered by a whitechapel journeyman butcher at so much a head it is a thin market perhaps when they come to hand a dealer fashionable in the parish of st george hanover square has declined to give the price demanded they were not his money he had to give such long credit a dealer popular in the ward of cheap has also declined to buy and for the same alleged reason the salesman knowing that some of these dealers must buy quietly says that he will take no less and as he is known to be a man of his word little is said upon the subject as the hour arrives at which fashionable game dealers are compelled to buy or disappoint customers who will not brook such disappointment the market perhaps is glutted owing to a very great consignment by a later railway train the inverness courier or the north of scotland gazette are in due course quoted by the london papers touching the extraordinary sport of a party of lords and gentlemen in the highlands and the heads of game are particularized with a care that would do honour to a price current 
The salesman then disposes rapidly of diverse brace to the hawkers, at one shilling or two shillings the brace, and the hawker offers them to hotel keepers and shopkeepers and housekeepers, selling some at three shillings and sixpence the brace, some at three shillings, at two shillings and sixpence, at two shillings and at less. At last, said my informant, he may sell the finest brace of his basket, which he has held back to get a better price for, at sixpence apiece, rather than keep them overnight, and that to a woman of the town, whom he may have met reeling home with money in her purse. Thus the products of an honourable gentleman's skilful industry, on which he greatly prided himself, are eaten by the woman and her fancy man, grumblingly enough, for they pronounce the birds inferior to tripe. The best quarters for the street sale of game and poultry are, I am informed, from several sources, either the business parts of the metropolis, or else the houses in the several suburbs, which are the furthest from a market, or from a business part. The squares, crescents, places, and streets that do not partake of one of the other of these characteristics are pronounced no good. Of the experience of a game hawker the man who gave me the following information was strong and robust, and had a weather-beaten look. He seemed about fifty. He wore, when I saw him, a large velveteen jacket, a cloth waistcoat which had been once green, and brown corduroy trousers. No part of his attire, though it seemed old, was patched, his shirt being clean and white. He evidently aimed at the gamekeeper style of dress. He affected some humour, and was dogged in his opinions. "'I was a gentleman's footman when I was a young man,' he said, "'and saw life both in town and country, so I knows what things belongs.' Note, a common phrase among persons of his class, to denote their being men of the world. End note. I never liked the confinement of service, and besides the upper servants takes on so. The others puts up with it more than they would, I suppose, because they hopes to be butlers themselves in time. The only decent people in the house I lived in last was master and missus. I won twenty pounds, and got it, too, on the colonel when he won the ledger. Master was a bit of a turf gentleman, and so we all dabbled. Like master, like man, you know, sir. I think that was in 1828, but I'm not certain. We came to London not long after Doncaster. Note, he meant Doncaster races. End note something about a lawsuit, and that winter I left service and bought the goodwill of a coffee-shop for twenty-five pounds. It didn't answer. I wasn't up to the coffee-making, I think. There's a deal of things belongs to all things, so I got out of it, and after that I was in service again, and then I was a boots at an inn. But I couldn't settle to nothing long. I'm of a free spirit, you see. I was hard up at last, and I popped my watch for a sovereign, because a friend of mine— we sometimes drank together of a night, said he could put me in the pigeon and chicken line. That was what he called it, but it meant game. This just suited me, for I'd been out with the poachers when I was a lad, and indeed when I was in service, out of a night on the sly, so I knew they got stiffish prices. My friend got me the pigeons. I believe he cheated me, but he's gone to glory. The next season game was made legal eating, before that I cleared from twenty-five shillings to forty shillings a week by selling my pigeons. I carried real pigeons as well, which I said was my own rearing at Gravesend. I sold my game pigeons—there was all sorts of names for them— 
in the city, and sometimes in the Strand or Charing Cross or Covent Garden. I sold to shopkeepers. Often enough, I've been offered so much tea for a hare. I sometimes had a hare in each pocket, but they was very awkward carriage. If one was sold, the other sagged so. I very seldom sold them at that time at less than three shillings and sixpence, often four shillings and sixpence, and sometimes five shillings or more. I once sold a thumping old Jack Hare to a draper for six shillings. It was Christmas time, and he thought it was a beauty. I went into the country after that, among my friends, and had a deal of ups and downs in different parts. I was a navvy part of the time, till five or six year back I came to London again, and got into my old trade, but it's quite a different thing now. I hawked grouse, and everything quite open. Leadenhall and Newgate is my markets, six of one and half a dozen of t'other. When there's a great arrival of game after a game battle, note, he would so call a battue, end note, and it's warm weather, that's my time of day, for then I can buy cheap. A muggy day when it's close and warm is best of all. I have a tidy bit of connection now in game, and don't touch poultry when I can get game. Grouse is the first thing I get to sell. They're legal eating on the 12th of August, but as there's hundreds of braces sold in London that day, and as there's shot in Scotland and Yorkshire and other places where there's moors, in course they're killed before it's legal. It's not often I can get them early in the season, not the first week, but I have had three brace two days before they were legal, and sold them at five shillings a brace. They cost me three shillings and threepence, but I was told I was favoured. I got them of a dealer, but that's a secret. I sold a few young partridges with grouse this year, at one and sixpence and one and ninepence apiece, allowing tuppence or threepence if a brace was taken. They weren't legal eating till the first of September, but they were shot by grouse shooters, and when I hawked them, I called them quails. Lords are gentlefolks, and I serve a good many, leastways they're cooks, and now and then themselves. They don't make a fuss about game laws. They've too much sense. I've bought grouse, quite fresh and fine, when there's been a lot, and bad keeping weather, at one shilling and fifteen pence each. I've sold them sometimes at one and sixpence and two shillings each, and two and sixpence the big ones, but only twice or thrice. If you ask very low at first, people won't buy, only a few good judges, because they think something must be amiss. I once bought a dozen good hares on a Saturday afternoon for ten shillings and sixpence. It was jolly hot, and I could hardly sell them. I got one shilling and sixpence apiece for three of them, two shillings for the finest one, one and threepence for five, no, for four, one shilling and tenpence for two, and I had a deal of trouble to get a landlord to take the last two for one and sixpence, to wipe off a bit of a drink score. I didn't do so bad as it was, but if it hadn't been Saturday, I should have made a good thing of them. It's very hard work carrying a dozen hares, and every one of that lot, except two, and they was fine leverets, was as cheap as butcher's meat at half a crown apiece. I've done middling in partridges this year. I've bought them, but mixed things they was, as low as from tenpence to sixteen pence a brace, and have made a profit, big or little, as happened, on every one. People that's regular customers, I always charge sixpence profit in two and six, too, and that's far cheaper than they can get served other ways. It's chiefly the game battles that does so much to cheapen partridges or peasants. Note, so he always called pheasants. End note. 
and it's only then I meddles with peasants. They're sold handier than the other birds at the shops, I think. They're legal eating on the first of October. Such nonsense. Why isn't mutton made legal eating only just at times as well? In very hard weather I've done well on wild ducks. They come over here when the weather's a clipper, for, you see, cold weather suits some birds and kills others. It ain't hard weather that's driven them here. The frost has drawed them here, because it's only then they're cheap. I've bought beauties at a shilling apiece, and one day I cleared ten and sixpence out of twelve brace of them. I've often cleared six shillings and seven shillings, at least as often as there's been a chance. I knew a man that did uncommon well on them, and he once told a parson, or a journeyman parson, I don't know what he was, that if ever he prayed it was for a hard winter and lots of wild ducks. I've done a little sometimes in plover and woodcock and snipe, but not so much. I never plays no tricks with my birds. I trims them up to look well, certainly. If they won't keep and won't sell, I sticks them into a landlord I knows, as likes them high, for a quartern or a pot, or anything. It's often impossible to keep them. If they're hard hit, it's soon up with them. A sportsman, if he has a good dog, but you'll know that if you've ever been a shooting, sir, may get close upon a covey of young partridges before he springs them, and then give them his one-two with both barrels, and they're riddled to bits. I may make eighteen shillings a week all the year round, because I have a connection. I'm very much respected, I think, on my round, for I deal fair. That there, sir, breeds respect, you know. When I can't get game, note, birds, end note, I can sometimes, indeed, often, get hares, and mostly rabbits. I've hawked venison, but did no good, though I cried it at fourpence the pound. My best weeks is worth thirty shillings to thirty-five shillings. My worst is six shillings to ten shillings. I'm a good deal in the country working it. I'm forced to sell fish sometimes. Geese, I sometimes join a mate in selling. I don't mix much with the costermongers. In course I know some. I live middling. Do I ever eat my own game if it's high? No, sir, never. I couldn't stand such cagmag. My stomach couldn't. I've been a gentleman's servant. Such stuff don't suit nobody but rich people, whose stomach's diseased by overfeeding, and that's been brought up to it like. I've only myself to keep now. I've had a wife or two, but we parted. Note, this was said gravely enough. End note. There was nothing to hinder us. I see them sometimes and treat them. The quantity of game annually sold in the London streets is as follows. Grouse, 5,000. Partridges, 20,000. Pheasants, 12,000. Snipes, 5,000. Hares, 20,000. Statement of Two Poultry Hawkers Two brothers, both good-looking and well-spoken young men, one I might characterize as handsome, gave me the following account. I found them unwilling to speak of their youth, and did not press them. I was afterwards informed that their parents died within the same month, and that the family was taken into the workhouse, but the two boys left it in a little time, and before they could benefit by any schooling, neither of them could read or write. They left, I believe, with some little sum in hand to start their selves. An intelligent costermonger who was with me when I saw the two brothers told me that a costermonger would rather be thought to have come out of prison than out of a workhouse, for his mates would say if they heard that he had been locked up, Oh, he's only been quadded for pitching into a crusher. 
the two brothers wore clean smock country frocks over their dress and made a liberal display of their clean but coarse shirts it was on a monday that i saw them what one brother said the other confirmed so i use the plural we we sell poultry and game but stick most to poultry which suits our connection best we buy at leadenhall we're never cheated in the things we buy indeed perhaps we couldn't be a salesman will say mr h will buy if you like i can't recommend them use your own judgment they're cheap he has only one price and that's often a low one we give from a shilling to one and ninepence for good chickens and from two and sixpence mostly for geese and turkeys pigeons is one and ninepence to three shillings a dozen we aim at sixpence profit on chickens and a shilling if we can get it or sixpence if we can do no better on geese and turkeys ducks are the same as chickens all the year through we make twelve shillings a week apiece we work together one on one side of the street and the other on the other it answers best that way people find we can't undersell one another we buy the poultry whenever we can undressed and dress them ourselves pull the feathers off and make them ready for cooking we sell cheaper than the shops or we couldn't sell at all but you must be known to do any trade or people will think your poultry's bad we work game as well but mostly poultry we've been on hares to-day mostly and have made about two and sixpence apiece but that's an extra day our best customers are tradesmen in a big way and people in the houses a little way out of town working people don't buy of us now we're going to a penny gaff to-night note it was then between four and five end note we've no better way of spending our time when our day's work is done from the returns before given the street sale of poultry amounts yearly to five hundred thousand fowls eighty thousand ducks twenty thousand geese thirty thousand turkeys of the street sale of live poultry the street trade in live poultry is not considerable and has become less considerable every year since the facilities of railway conveyance have induced persons in the suburbs to make their purchases in london rather than of the hawkers geese used to be bought very largely by the hawkers in leadenhall and were driven in flocks to the country five hundred being a frequent number of a flock their sale commenced about six miles from town in all directions the purchasers being those who having the necessary convenience liked to fatten their own christmas geese and the birds when bought were small and lean a few flocks with a hundred and twenty or a hundred and fifty in each are still disposed of in this way but the trade is not a fifth of what it was as this branch of the business is not in the hands of the hawkers but generally of country poulterers resident in the towns not far from the metropolis i need but allude to it a few flocks of ducks are driven in the same way the street trade in live poultry continues only for three months from the latter part of june to the latter part of september at this period the hawkers say as they can't get dead they must get live during these three months the hawkers sell five hundred chickens and three hundred ducks weekly by hawking or ten thousand four hundred in the season of thirteen weeks occasionally as many as fifty men and women the same who hawk dead game and poultry are concerned in the traffic i am treating of at other times there are hardly thirty and in some not twenty so employed for if the weather be temperate dead poultry is preferred to live by the hawkers taking the average of live sellers at twenty-five every week 
it gives only a trade of thirty-two birds each weekly. Some, however, will sell eighteen in a day, but others, who occasionally resort to the trade, only a dozen in a week. The birds are sometimes carried in baskets on the hawker's arms, their heads being let through network at the top, but more frequently they are hawked in open wickerwork coops carried on the head. The best live poultry are from Surrey and Sussex, the inferior from Ireland, and perhaps more than three-fourths of that sold by the hawkers is Irish. The further nature of the trade and the class of customers is shown in the following statement, given to me by a middle-aged man who had been familiar with the trade from his youth. Yes, sir, he said, I've had a turn at live poultry for, let me see, some ways between twenty and twenty-five years. The business is a sweater, sir, it's heavy work, but live ain't so heavy as dead. There's fewer of them to carry in around, that's it. Ah, twenty years ago, or better, live poultry was worth following. I did a good bit in it. I've sold a hundred and sixty thousand ducks and more in a week, and cleared about four pounds. But out of that I had to give a man a shilling a day, and his peck, to help me. At that time I sold my ducks and chickens, I worked nothing else, at from two shillings to three and sixpence apiece, according to the size and quality. Now, if I get from fourteen pence to two shillings, it's not so bad. I sell more, I think, however, over one and sixpence than under it, but I'm particular in my life. I never sold to any but people out of town that had convenience to keep them, and Lord knows I've seen ponds I could jump over, reckoned prime for ducks. Them that keeps their gardens nice won't buy live poultry. I've seldom sold to the big houses anything like to what I've done to the smaller. The big houses, you see, goes for fancy bantams, such as Sir John Seabright's, or Spanish hens, or a bit of a game cross, or real game, just for ornament and not for fighting, or for anything that's got its name up. I've known young couples buy fowls to have their breakfast eggs from them. One young lady told me to bring her, that's fifteen year ago, it is so, six couples that I knew would lay. I told her she'd better have five hens to a cock, and she didn't seem pleased, but I'm sure I don't know why, for I hope I'm always civil. I told her there would be murder if there was a cock to every hen. I supplied her, and made six shillings by the job. I have sold live fowls to the Jews about Whitechapel, on my way to Stratford and Bow, but only when I've brought a bargain and sold one. I don't know nothing how the Jews kills their fowls. Last summer I didn't make one and sixpence a day, no, nor more than three half-crowns a week in live. But that's only part of my trade. I don't complain so it's nothing to nobody what I makes. From Beaver, note, de Beauvoir, end note, town, to Stamford Hill and on to Tottenham and Edmonton, and turning off Walthamstow way, is as good a round as any for life. It is so, but nothing to what it was. Highgate and Hampstead is middling, the t'other side the water isn't good at all. Fancy chickens, I may add, are never hawked, nor are live pigeons, nor geese, nor turkeys. The hawker's sale of live poultry may be taken at a moderate computation as 6,500 chickens and 3,900 ducks. Of Rabbit Selling in the Streets Rabbit selling cannot be said to be a distinct branch of costermongering, but some street sellers devote themselves to it more exclusively than to other goods, and for five or six months of the year sell little else. It is not often though it is sometimes united with the game or poultry trade 
as a stock of rabbits of a dozen or a dozen and a half is a sufficient load for one man the best sale for rabbits is in the suburbs they are generally carried slung two and two on a long pole which is supported on the man's shoulders or on a short one which is carried in the hand lately they have been hawked about hung up on a barrow the trade is the briskest in the autumn and winter months but some men carry them though they do not confine themselves to the traffic in them all the year round the following statement shows the nature of the trade i was born and bred a costermonger he said and i've been concerned with everything in the line i've been mostly on rabbits these five or six years but i always sold a few and now sometimes i sell a hare or two and if rabbits is too dear i tumble on the fish i buy at leadenhall mainly i've given from six shillings to fourteen shillings a dozen for my rabbits the usual price is from five shillings to eight shillings a dozen note i may remark that the costers buy nearly all the scotch rabbits at an average of six shillings the dozen and the ostend rabbits which are a shilling or two dearer end note the hampshire rabbits but i don't know where hampshire is i know they're from hampshire for they're called wild hampshire rabbits a shilling a pair but still as you say that's only a call i never sell a rabbit a sixpence in course it costs more my way in business is to get tuppence profit and the skin on every rabbit if they cost me eightpence i try to get tenpence it's the skins is the profit the skins now bring me from a shilling to one and ninepence a dozen they're best in frosty weather the fur's thickest then it grows best in frost i suppose if i sell a dozen it's a tidy day's work if i get tuppence apiece on them and the skins at one and threepence it's three shillings and threepence but i don't sell above five dozen in a week that's sixteen shillings and threepence a week sir is it wet and dark weather is against me people won't often buy rabbits by candlelight if they're ever so sweet some weeks in spring and summer i can't sell above two dozen rabbits i have sold two dozen and ten on a saturday in the country but then i had a young man to help me i sell the skins to a warehouse for hatters my old woman works a little fish at a stall sometimes but she only can in fine weather for we've a kid that can hardly walk and it don't do to let it stand out in the cold perhaps i may make ten shillings to fourteen shillings a week all the year round i'm paying a shilling a week for a pound borrowed and paid two shillings all last year but i'll pay no more after christmas i did better on rabbits four or five year back because i sold more to working people and small shopkeepers than i do now i suppose it's because they're not so well off now as they was then and as you say butcher's meat may be cheaper now and tempts them i do best short ways in the country wandsworth way ain't bad no more is parts of stoke newington and stamford hill st john's wood and hampstead is middling hackney's bad i goes always i don't know what sort of people's my best customers two of them i've been told is bankers clerks so in course they is rich there are six hundred thousand rabbits sold every year in the streets of london these at sevenpence apiece give seventeen thousand five hundred pounds thus expended annually in the metropolis of the street sale of butter cheese and eggs all these commodities used to be hawked in the streets and to a considerable extent until as nearly as i can ascertain between twenty and thirty years back butter was brought from epping and other neighbouring parts where good pasture existed and hawked in the streets of london usually along with poultry and eggs this trade is among the more ancient of the street trades 
steam vessels and railways however have so stocked the markets that no hawking of butter or eggs from any agricultural part even the nearest to london would be remunerative now eggs are brought in immense quantities from france and belgium though thirty or even twenty years ago the notion of having a good french egg at a london breakfast table would have been laughed at as an absurd attempt at an impossible achievement the number of eggs now annually imported into this kingdom is ninety-eight million half of which may be said to be the yearly consumption of london no butter is now hawked but sometimes a few new-laid eggs are carried from a rural part to the nearest metropolitan suburb and are sold readily enough if the purveyor be known mr mcculloch estimates the average consumption of butter in london at six million two hundred and fifty thousand pounds per annum or five ounces weekly each individual the hawking of cheese was never a prominent part of the street trade of late its sale in the streets may be described as accidental a considerable quantity of american cheese was hawked or more commonly sold at a standing five or six years ago unto december last and for three months preceding cheese was sold in the streets which had been rejected from government stores as it would not keep for the period required but it was good for immediate consumption for which all street goods are required this and the american cheese were both sold in the streets at threepence the pound usually at fair weights i am told for it might not be easy to deceive the poor in a thing of such frequent purchase as half a quarter or a quarter of a pound of cheese the total quantity of foreign cheese consumed yearly in the metropolis may be estimated at twenty-five million pounds weight or half of the gross quantity annually imported the following statement shows the quantity and sum paid for the game and poultry sold in london streets five thousand grouse at one shilling and ninepence each four hundred and thirty seven pounds twenty thousand partridges at one shilling and sixpence one thousand five hundred pounds twelve thousand pheasants at three shillings and sixpence two thousand one hundred pounds five thousand snipes at eightpence one hundred and sixty six pounds twenty thousand hares at two and threepence two thousand two hundred and fifty pounds six hundred thousand rabbits at sevenpence seventeen thousand five hundred pounds five hundred thousand fowls at one and sixpence thirty seven thousand five hundred pounds twenty thousand geese at two shillings and sixpence two thousand five hundred pounds eighty thousand ducks at one and sixpence six thousand pounds thirty thousand turkeys at three shillings and sixpence five thousand two hundred and fifty pounds ten thousand live fowls and ducks at one shilling and sixpence seven hundred and fifty pounds total seventy five thousand nine hundred and fifty three pounds in this table i do not give the refuse game and poultry bought sometimes for the mere feathers when undressed neither are the wild ducks nor woodcocks nor those things of which the cost is by only exceptionally included adding these it may be said that with the street sale of butter cheese and eggs eighty thousand pounds are annually expended in the streets on this class of articles end of section twenty one